0: As we get ready to jump into the, the message time, I want to remind you that there are people who are praying for you right now in our, uh, in our prayer room. If you'd like to be a part of that team, you can sign up through your Connect group. If you're not in a Connect group, that's the next step for you is next Sunday, show up here at uh, 945. I actually, get here about 940, uh, and we will get you into a Connect group, a small group Bible study where you can connect with God, connect with other people uh, with God and His Word, and really use that as a way to connect with the lost, too. Um, so, uh, we're in this series called uh, Unhindered, and just want to remind you, like I told you last week, the, the really neat thing about the, the, the last uh, part of Acts that we're in, um, really the second half of it, is we see the gospel go forth unhindered. That's the last word in some translations of, um, of, of the book of Acts. It's, the last, it's in the last sentence of most translations is, is that the gospel went forth unhindered. And I think that's how we want to live, right? I think we want to live lives where uh, the light of Jesus is shining through us unhindered. We want to, as a church, be unhindered. We want to see the gospel spread. Uh, I know that's what I want for my life. That's what I, I hope for and pray for in your lives. But if we 're honest we don 't always feel unhindered, do we we don 't always feel like the gospel 's going forward unhindered and we talked about last week one of those reasons is we don 't know how people are going to respond when we share the gospel, and so we talked about some of those responses and uh, what we 're going to see this week is sometimes we just we're, we, we feel a little hindered because we 're not sure how to get the conversation Going. That's the title of today's message: is getting a Jesus conversation going. And wouldn't it be great if you just had some tips and some tools to help you uh, get that going? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today as we look in Acts chapter seventeen. We're going to see how Paul got the Jesus conversation going with people. And so, as we read from Acts seventeen, let's see what we can learn, how we can be people who have Jesus conversations, and how uh, the Holy Spirit can use us to get those going. Acts chapter. chapter. Chapter 17, beginning in verse 16. It says, While Paul was waiting for them, talking about uh, Silas and Timothy, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. He went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and God fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. He also had a debate with some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. And when he told them about Jesus and his resurrection, they said, Who, What is this babbler trying to say with these strange ideas he's picked up? Others said, He seems to be preaching about some foreign gods. Then they took him to the high council of the city. Come and tell us about this new teaching, they said. You are saying some rather strange things, and we want to know what it's all about. It should be explained that the Athenians, as well as the foreigners in Athens, seemed to spend all their time discussing the latest ideas. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him though he's not far from any one of us. You know that's what Pastor Noah shared at the beginning of the message today, isn't it? That God is not far. He's not as far as you think. He hadn't gone anywhere. He is with you. All right, that's just a pause right there. It just hit me right in the moment of there. Is that? So verse and goes on verse uh, 28 says for in him for in him we live and move and exist and some of your own poets have said we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold and silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day he has set a day for judging, judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed and He proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. He's talking about Jesus. And then he ends, verse 32 to 34. So when they heard Paul speaking about the resurrection of the dead, you see three responses. Some laughed in contempt. Others said, we want to hear more about this later. And that ended Paul's discussion with them. But some joined him and and became believers. And among them were Dionysius, a member of the council, a woman named Demarius, and others with them. All right, there's a lot in this passage, and I'm just going to tell you there's a lot we can't get to in this passage. There's there's a lot in here, but what can we learn? What are some things we see from this story that can help us get started talking about Jesus with people, having Jesus conversations with people? What are some ways we can get going, some things we can learn from this? And the first thing I want us to see is this. I think the first thing that helps us get going, number one, is to be burdened by lostness. Be burdened By the lostness of others. One of the things that's going to help us have Jesus' conversations is when we genuinely get a burden for those around us who don't know Jesus. Be burdened by lostness. Listen again to verse 16. It says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. Paul's there in the city of Athens. He's waiting on uh, Silas and Timothy to come and join them come and join him, and as he's waiting, he's hanging out in Athens, and he's walking around, and he's seeing, you know, all the, all the stuff. This is probably, uh, to the best of our knowledge, this is the first time that he's been in Athens. What we're going to see in Paul's second and third missionary trip is that the gospel is spreading further and, and further uh, west than it's ever been before. God is spreading the gospel, and he's taking Paul and his team to, to new places. And so this is one of those places the Holy Spirit's leading him uh, to places that Paul hadn't been yet. And so he gets to Athens, and he sees that this place is full of temples and idols. I'm talking Chuck full of idols. There's idols everywhere. William Barclay wrote this about the great number of idols in Athens. It says, there were more statues to the Greek gods in Athens than in all of Greece combined. There was more statues to the Greek gods there in the city of Athens than in the rest of, of Greece combined. He also says that, a, that the, the, the saying goes that in Athens, one could more easily meet a god than another person. You were more easily, you would more sooner bump into a statue of a of a false god than you would run into somebody else. That's probably an exaggeration, but that's just a picture of what that is. And so Paul sees this and he is deeply troubled. One one scholar says that he was sickened by what he saw. These, you know, these statues that today tourists go to see and, and they make trips to and they, you know, take pictures with, and they're, you know, they're 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 considered, you know, archaeological, just really neat things and sightseeing things these statues back then were statues to false gods they were actively used in pagan rituals they were actively used in pagan worship at the time you know these these buildings that that people go to now and we're like oh you know the the the, the parthenon and this and that and blah 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 you know back then those were active places of worship where people would sacrifice animals and paul saw this and it and it sickened him it, his heart broke for that his heart was burdened He that he was deeply troubled several years ago um we got to go to a country in south asia uh, to visit some friends who were doing some work over there some mission work over there and we've been a few times we'd like to get going back i think it was 2018 was the last time that we got to go on a on a trip there but um when we were there the, the the friend of ours took us to a to a temple and and it was it was part touristy like hey i just want you to kind of see this is part of the culture here and there were people from all over you know coming to see it but it was also an active place of worship for that religion that predominant religion of the country that we were in and we watched as uh, as people lined up i mean just Thousands of people came every single day, and, and the line of people would wrap around the building. And, and we looked over here to the side, and we're sitting up, you know, away just sort of observing. And I look over here to the side, and there's some, some sheep and some goats. And I asked my friend, I was like, what's up with that? He goes, those are going to be used for animal sacrifices later. And it just baffled me. It's like, like the stuff we read about in the Bible and, you know, the pagan worship and that Paul's talking about right here, that still goes on in places today. And my heart broke for those people those people who were going in, not as tourists, but as worshipers. And they were worshiping a false god, and they were worshiping something that had absolutely no ability to do anything at all in their lives. And it reminded me of why we were on that trip, and why we support missions, and why we partner with missions, and pray for them, and, and maybe even why God may be calling some people out of this congregation to go be missionaries to a place like that one day. Guys, the lostness of around us should break our hearts. Our burden for the loss should lead us to action. It should lead us to do something. It should also lead us to a, to a dissatisfaction. It also should lead us to a place of saying, I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied with people I know not knowing Jesus. Awareness, here's your blanks, awareness of how much people need to hear the, the good news should lead us to pray for, look for, and prepare for Jesus conversations. When we get burdened for lostness, when we get burdened for people who don't know Jesus, it should lead us to do three things. To pray for Jesus conversations. I know some of y'all right now is like, oh Lord, please, I don't want to have to talk to anybody about Jesus. You know, I see it in your face. You're like, "Mm." but to pray for them, to look for them, and to prepare for them. To prepare to have those Jesus conversations. And listen, as we do those three things, we need to be ready to be used by God. We need to be ready for him to put us in those situations. Be burdened by lostness and let that burden lead you to have gospel conversations. And and here's the second thing. Don't don't run out ahead of God. Don't, Don't try to make it happen on your own. Number two, let the Spirit lead. Okay. Be burdened by lostness Have a desire to reach people for Jesus. Have a desire to have gospel conversations. But number two, let the Holy Spirit lead you. Continuing on in Acts 17 17 to 21, it says, this is Paul. It says, so he went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles. And he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. He also had a debate with some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. And when he told them about Jesus and his resurrection, they said, what's this babbler Trying to say with these strange ideas he's picked up, another says he seems to be preaching about some foreign gods. Then I love this. Then they took him to the high council of the city. Come tell us about this new teaching. They said, "You're saying some rather strange things, and we want to know what it's all about." It says it should be explained that the Athenians well the foreigner, foreigners in Athens seem to spend all their time discussing the latest ideas. So Paul gets to a new city, and he does what he always does. He, he begins to engage in conversations with people. He goes to where he knows he's going to have some people who are at least a little bit open to talking about God He goes to the synagogue where there's Jews and God fearing Greeks and so he's having conversations with them and explaining to them about how hey you're looking forward to the Messiah Jesus is the Messiah he's who you've been looking for but then he gets uh, he goes out and says he's in the public square and he's talking to anybody who will listen to him there and he gets an opportunity to engage with another couple of groups of people the Epicureans and the Stoics y'all are familiar with who those are right. Yeah, I wasn't either until this week. But the Epicureans and Stoics, those are the two main philosophies of that time. And so he's he's just going about his business. He's just going where the Spirit's leading him. And these guys take him to the, to the council. In, another, in your translation, it may say the Areopagus. This was a place of debate. This was a place where they would share ideas. And so Paul, rather than being shunned, they take him to the place where like, hey, we all want to hear about this. Now, be honest. They were. They were like, "Yeah, you're you're a little, you know. You sound like you're a little, boop boop, you know." But we we still want to hear about it. You know, we still want to hear what you're talking about. And so the Holy Spirit you know, leads Paul to this situation where he gets to share more and more and more with greater and greater and greater audiences. Rather than him trying to force his way in, the Spirit leads him to these opportunities. Guys, this is why it's so important to let the Holy Spirit lead us as we act on our burden for the lost, is because I truly believe the Holy Spirit's going to lead us to people who are open to spiritual conversations, they are open to hearing about God or about the gospel or about hope or about peace. They are open to spiritual conversations. And you won't have to force the conversation. I think that's, for me, I know that's one of the, the, the things that, that really, uh, I guess, sort of stifles me or, or, or I feel hindered in is where I feel like I have to force a conversation with somebody. Listen, if you find yourself in that situation, you may want to pause and check and say, Have I prayed? Is God in this? Am I trying to turn, am I trying to force this situation, or should I just continue to develop this relationship and and wait until God gives me an opening in this? Here's the deal: God will set up divine appointments between you and someone who needs to hear the good news. I truly believe that. When you're praying for and looking for and prepared for Jesus conversations, God will set up divine appointments between you and someone who needs to hear the good news. Now, when you make an appointment with your doctor, okay, what's your responsibility in that? To show up. I've got an eye doctor that I go see about once every six months, and I think people must cancel on them all the time because a month out from my appointment, I get a text saying, do you still want to keep your appointment? Yes, I want to keep my appointment. I made it six months ago. I told you I'd be here. And so I click yes and respond. And then 10 days out, they're like, reminder, you have an appointment. I was like, look, I've already got a mom. I don't need a second mom, you know. And so I click yes, I'm still coming. And then a couple days before, they're like, hey, just I know my appointment is coming, you know. And by the way, Doctor Darlington, if you're watching, I love you. Thank you for seeing me and everything. I'm just saying, maybe, maybe back off a little. All right. So, but your job, if you have an appointment, is to show up. Right? Here's the deal about divine appointments. You don't know when that's going to show, when that's going to happen. You don't have that on your calendar. Tuesday and four o'clock. D A. What's the D A? Us for a divine appointment. I got it written in already. You don't know when it's going to happen. So your job then, with a, with when God's going to do something is for you to be ready at any time. Being led by the Spirit means, here's your blank, means we are always okay with God interrupting our day and our plans. Being led by the Spirit means that we are okay with, at any moment, with God interrupting our day and our plans. And for some of y'all, that, I just lost you because you're like, no, I've got my schedule, I've got things mapped out, I have a, you know, I've got my, I got my next five years planned out. You don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know if Jesus is going to come back before the invitation song. Being led by the Spirit means you're okay with God interrupting your day, and your plans. Now, as we get a burden for lost people, as we are led by the Holy Spirit, then we do this thing that we see Paul doing. Number three, we look for points of connection. We look for points of connection that can help us get to the gospel. Help us get to the gospel. Look for points of connection that can help us get to the gospel. Just a couple of verses from uh, 17, verses 22 and 23. It says, so Paul, stand before the council, address them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. Well, this God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. Paul finds a connection point with the Athenians. Paul finds a a point of connection, and he uses that to point them to Jesus. Jesus. You know, he points out all these temples and idols. And I love that he doesn't just jump right on and say, like, I can't believe you guys are so stupid that you'd want worship a bunch of gold and silver and rock and wood. Y'all, y'all are just dumb as a stump. That's probably not going to keep the door of conversation open right there. Instead, he's like, hey, I notice you guys are very religious. I'm religious. I notice you worship, you know, an unknown god. I know who that is. You know, he's, he, he, he engages with them, and he zeroes in specifically on this one to an unknown God. You know, they had all these, alt, all these altars to, to Greek gods and goddesses. I, I think, you know, there's like a dozen of the well-known ones, and then another dozen lesser-known ones, and then another dozen or more, you know, less-known, whatever. But Paul, out of all of those, and here I think this is a Holy Spirit moment, out of all of those, God points them to this one. To this this one altar that says, to an unknown. Like, in case we missed it with all these others, we got this one over here, just in case. You know, miscellaneous was his name. Um, right. Cool. And so, <laughs> Paul sees that, and he uses that to make a point of connection with them. You know? And not only does he make that connection of, hey, you know, I, I know who you're talking, but he uses that to point them to, to Jesus, to tell them who this unknown God is and that's what that's what Paul was so good at he was so good at getting to the gospel listen we, we need to have Jesus conversations with people we need to hey I'll pray for you uh, invite them to church you know we, we need to even share hey I'm a believer but at some point you gotta get to the gospel you gotta help them understand how they can become Christ followers also so guys if we're gonna get to jesus if we're going to get jesus conversations going then then we need to look for and maybe even create points of connection with people And there's a couple of questions here to, to to let you chew on that and think through what does that mean and what could you do so first question is this what existing relationships do you have with people who need jesus if you're like, I don't know where I'm going to create a point of connection, or I don't know what points of connection I have with people. Well, what existing relationships do you have with people who are not yet Christ followers? Maybe it's maybe it's your family, maybe it's people you uh, you work with or, or go to school with, maybe it's it's acquaintances or, or neighbors, you know. Maybe it's some some hobby or interest that you have. But there are there are all sorts of of, of points of connection that you have with people. Have you thought of of praying for them and praying for their salvation praying for gospel conversations praying for opportunities to say hey are are you are you a christian i heard about just this week uh... you know our kids are involved in navigators and there's a young man who he found out about Jesus just by watching videos online. I, it was like Instagram or TikTok or one of those. And there was, some, there was a lot of junk on all that, so I don't encourage this. But he happened to find some Jesus stuff on there. And he got to looking at it more and more. And it's like, wow, this checks out. And the more he dug into it, he's like, yeah, I need this. And so he, he prayed and asked Jesus to be his Savior. And then he's sitting in class, and the guy next to him who is in Navigators and, and is starting a Bible study he looks over and is like, hey, are you a Christian? Like, you know, that was real subtle, you know? And the guy's like, well, yeah. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, he goes, you want to come to Bible study? You know? (laughs) He's like, yeah. And now this kid's really plugged in, you know? But what would have happened if that one guy who was a little bit awkward and and had a kind of a not-so-subtle approach was too shy and too embarrassed and just didn't bother to ask I don't want to be weird and ask this guy as a Christian. This guy never would have, maybe never would have gotten into a Bible study. Maybe never would have been discipled. Maybe would have, who knows what. But because one person just had a Jesus conversation with somebody else, this guy's now growing. Isn't that awesome? So what existing relationships do you have with people who need Jesus? Second question to ask is, where do you need to build new connections or relationships so you can point people to Jesus in other words where do I need to look and say okay I may not have a connection but how can I make a connection uh this morning I'm sitting in my office getting ready for this morning and I hear I hear something go well it didn't make the gong sound it just made a and I was like what was that and I look out in the basketball court and you know nobody's face down in the basketball court okay it wasn't that I look out in the parking lot and it's the wind has blown over the signs I was like ah so I went out And I picked up one of the signs, and I set it up, and I walked over, saw another sign, ran into somebody, uh, one of our guests, and went over, and they helped me pick it up, and we set it down, and as soon as I walked away, it fell over, so we picked it up and moved it again, went down, saw the other sign it was in place, I went back in my office, and bam, so I walked back out, I set it back up again, and then I noticed there's a car out in the parking lot, parked kind of funky, you know, like we have lanes and slots, thank you guys for parking in those, but this wasn't. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. So I set the sign up. and Then I went over to the car, and I was like, hey, how are you guys doing? And they're like, eating their Whataburger breakfast. And I was like, y'all gonna be here a while. And he goes, well, I was like, because if you are, could you set that sign up for me every time it blows down? And, and they laughed. And that gave me a chance to engage with them and say, by the way, we have church going on here uh, at 11 o'clock. We'd love to, you know, I introduced myself, you know, where you from, all that. But I was like, we have church here at 11 o'clock. love for you to come this Sunday or maybe some Sunday. Now, everything about me, in that distance, and it's probably just from here to the sound booth. So I don't know what that is—maybe a hundred feet. But everything about me, in those steps as I'm walking that way, is like, "What are you doing?" They don't know you. You're some—you're a stranger. They're probably gonna lock their doors and drive off. They're, I just doubt and doubt and weirdo and all this stuff. But because I looked for an opportunity. Because that's basically my mission field. If I see stuff going on in the back parking lot, I'm going to go say hey to people, you know, because they're in my parking lot, doggone it, you know? So look for and even create opportunities to share the gospel. Now, here's the deal. Our response song in just a moment is called uh, Give Us Clean Hands, Give Us Pure Hearts. You may wonder, how does that tie in with the message? Well, before you can share Jesus with someone, before you can be a vessel that God uses you got to be ready for him to use. Maybe today your prayer is, Lord, forgive me for not trying to share Jesus. Forgive me, Lord, for not having a burden for the lost. Maybe your prayer today is, Lord, forgive me for giving up. I've tried. They didn't, they didn't receive it. They, they shut me down, you know, whatever. So, and then I just gave up. Lord, forgive me for that. Maybe your prayer today is, Lord, before I can give Jesus away, i got to get Jesus first myself And your prayer today is the prayer of placing your faith in Jesus for the very first time to save you. Will you bow your heads in prayer with me? Father God, all across this room, I pray that your spirit continues to work and to move on lives and hearts right now. I pray against any distractions, against anything that would keep somebody from saying yes to Jesus today. Lord, I pray that if we have not had a heart, a burden, a longing to see people come to faith in Christ, if, if maybe we had that at one time, but we've since just sort of let it fade away, God, would you forgive us? And would you reignite in us a desire and a passion and a longing to see people get saved? Lord, if there's somebody that we've been trying to reach with the good news, and we've tried and tried and tried, and they just haven't responded, and we've given up, Lord, I pray that you would put it in our hearts to try again and to not give up, Lord, until they place their faith in Christ. And Lord, if there's anybody in this room today that needs to become a Jesus follower today themselves, I pray they would do that. I pray they would call out to you and say a very simple prayer of God, I know that you love me. Maybe that's the prayer you need to pray right now. God, I know that you love me. I'm sorry for my sins. I believe in Jesus. I'm ready for him to be my Savior. I confess my need for Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me. I place my faith in Christ today.